I'm going to start this week off by sharing with us our memory verse. Our memory verse. Thank you, Laura. It's beautiful. Um, um, our memory verse for this week, and I've already mentioned Psalm chapter 24, verse 1. It's a pretty easy verse to remember, but it goes like this. Have we got it up there? Is that all right? Is it there? Oh, there it is. Here we go. So uh, the, let's say this together. Is that all right? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. One more time. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let's say it one more time. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. I had to sneak peek there, but that's our memory verse. That's our memory verse. Let's go for that this next week or so. What I'd like to share with you today, this morning, is something deeply personal. It's deeply personal, but it's a subject that I'm extremely passionate about and believe in. They say there are two topics that preachers, pastors, um, a, a little concerned or, cons- uh, 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 or um, uh, aren't as overly confident about as sharing as other topics. Those two topics, I'll be a little sensitive right now because I know there are sensitive ears in the room, but the first topic is, it starts with S, yeah, and ends with X, right? All right, socks, yes. And, <laughs> and, and the second one is finances. Uh, to tell you the truth, I don't mind sharing about those particular subjects at all. At all. Why? Well, first of all, they're scripturally based. And, uh, you know, I think they need to be talked about. The world certainly talks about these particular subjects. The Bible talks about these subjects. And I think as Christians, we also need to talk about these subjects as well. But it's because of what Karen and I have experienced in our lives as a result of um, practicing the principles of the truths of God's Word. And I think this is one of the three to four, maybe, major foundational things in our own personal lives. But it can probably only make sense that it's in God's economy that it makes um, sense. Let me explain what I mean by that is that when you become a follower of Jesus, these are the kind of things you need to start wrestling with. And so I get one opportunity, well, a season in our calendar year, to speak into the life of our church here at Door of Hope in regards to this area of our lives. And so maybe if you're exploring the Christian faith or you're new to church life and you think that we talk about money all the time, well, it's not necessarily correct. We do talk about it when it comes to giving time and offering time to hopefully encourage us and inspire us and to, uh, to be a part of the vision and mission here at Door of Hope. But it's not necessarily true. We don't talk about this all the time. It's a seasonal thing. So thanks for hanging in there. So for all of us to simply lean in and to learn together in regards to this. And so with all that said and done, I'd like to share with you this morning the five reasons why I tithe. Why Karen and I, why as a married couple in the life of our church for many years have tithed. Now, this subject matter dominates much of our lives, yet so often we ignore, um, we ignore this and we don't want to hear what the Bible's wisdom has to say. And so here's what I want to promise you, that over these next five weeks, that I actually want nothing from you. I want God's absolute best for you, and I really do mean that. So while money is one of the biggest sources of conflicts in relationships and in particular marriages. In the 20 years that I've been married to Karen, at the start of this year, we celebrated that. Money has not been a subject of conflict 
in our marriage. Now, there's certainly been other things that we've certainly argued about, but we've put into practice principles that come from God's own word that have prevented those kind of conflicts from happening over the years. Now, it didn't always look this way, to be honest and transparent with you, before I was married. This series is really about issues of the heart, not necessarily about money. It's an issue of the heart. Now, Jesus, let's reflect on his words for a moment. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. You see, God doesn't want part of you. God wants all of you. Hence the title of this series, 100%. Jesus was asked once, you might remember the story, he was asked, well, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus' reply in Matthew chapter 22, he says this, he says, to love the Lord your God with some of your heart and with 50% of your soul and with 10% of your mind. (laughs) To me, those three alls, does that not equal 100%? Once again, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Let's get honest for a moment. Let's, let's get transparent here just for a moment. I realize there are many opinions in regards to this idea of tithing. There are questions that have come to me over many, many years in doing ministry life here at this church. And we ask the questions, well, is this really for New Testament Christians? Wasn't this idea of tithing for an Old Testament practice? Is it really for today? Aren't we under grace? And wasn't tithing under the law. Well, I'll get to those few things in a moment, but this idea of money and greed and generosity, particularly in the Gospels, in the New Testament, Jesus spoke quite heavily into. In fact, I would call it a major theme throughout the Gospels. You only need to read just a few of Jesus' stories called the parables, which we'll be doing in a series after this one, that money itself is not evil. The the love of money is the root of all evil. And so we follow the example of our Lord and our leader and our Savior, that Jesus, he lived to give. So as Christians, as disciples, as those who are exploring the Christian faith maybe, as those of us who are totally devoted followers of Christ Jesus, what should our attitude toward money be? And so this morning, I want to share with us five reasons why Karen and I, why in our marriage, why we tithe to our local church. But first of all, can I answer the question, well, what is tithing? What is tithing? The word tithe comes from a Hebrew word, which means tenth part, which means one-tenth or 10%. Got a little explanation here on the screen for us. It means this, that the practice of tithing is returning the first 10% of your income to the church you are connected to as a way of honoring and thanking God first. One more time. The practice of tithing is returning the first 10% of your income to the church you are connected to as a way of honoring and thanking God first. For disciples of Jesus Christ, the tithe is an entry level of generosity. 
This idea of 10%. Hang in there just for a moment because as a Jesus-centered follower, I don't just give him 10% of anything. I've already explained to us this morning. I am 100% his. I am, all of me is his. Uh, My relationship with Jesus is nothing to do with percentages. It's to do with everything that I am. You might remember Psalm 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So I'm here this morning, in fact, I'm not here this morning arguing over 10%. Because in fact, it is 100%. Tithing, if I could put it this way, tithing isn't a 10%. It's a precedent. What I mean by that is that it's a guide. It's a guide. And it helps us put God first, which I'll get to in a moment. And so the principle of tithing is established first and foremost out of a relationship with God. But firstly, before I give you those five reasons why I tithe, I would like to give you, and it's hard to do this in the negative, I want you to understand. I want to give us three reasons here this morning. Let me give you what is not the reasons I tithe. Three reasons not to tithe. I don't tithe, number one, I don't tithe to improve my standing with God. I don't tithe to improve my standing with God. Now, if we read our Bibles, you'll understand that because of the cross... Because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, and we'll celebrate that in a moment, we'll remember that in a moment, you cannot improve your standing with God. I cannot do anything to add to the cross. I cannot add anything to Christ. I cannot add anything to grace. Are we understanding this morning? Is that right? You're still with me? I cannot add anything to those kind of things. So tithing doesn't improve on that at all. It's his gift, and it's freely to be received. And it's so clear that I don't tithe to improve on my, my standing with God. Second reason I don't tithe is to improve my position in Christ. I don't tithe to simply improve my position in Christ. Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, he says this, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Now that's a good position, right? That's a very good position. So because of that position being united with Christ, I don't tithe to improve that position because I can't add and I can't improve that position. The third reason, quickly, and that's this, that I don't tithe to get God's favor on my life. Why? Because it's my standing in God and it's my position in Christ, in fact, that I already have God's favor on my life. Are we following? Fantastic. You're still with me this morning. Hang in there. So tithing doesn't improve on these three things, my standing, my position, and God's favor on my life. They're already there because of what God has done for me in and through Christ Jesus. There are three three reasons why not to tithe. But this morning, I want to share with you, I guess, the bulk of my message on five reasons why I T-I-T-H-E. 
A little acrostic this morning hopefully will help us during our week and in days to come to help us to remember why I tithe. The first reason is this, is that I tithe, T, I tithe because the tithe is timeless. The tithe is timeless. What do I mean by that? Well, let's have a look at Scripture, but before I do, the principle of tithing, in fact, goes way back. It goes way back even before the giving of the law. Um, For some of us who would be familiar with Scripture, you would know that the Moses, the lawgiver, God's voice to his people at that particular time, who gave the law to Israel from Mount Sinai, that was his role and his responsibility to give the law to his people. But we're told that years before Israel even existed, you go back to a character by the name of Abraham. You're familiar with Abraham? Abraham, a man of God. Abraham, we talk, told of Abraham. Abraham gave a tithe to a priest named Melchizedek. So hang in there. Say Melchizedek with me. Melchizedek. Who was Melchizedek? Well, it's a mysterious kind of character that appears in Scripture. He's a priest. Um, um, He's a kind of a Christ-like figure. Long story cut short, Abraham goes into battle against kings. He comes back. God blesses Abraham. And he comes back, and this priest, Melchizedek, stands up and presents Abraham um, with gifts. And um, um, Abraham presents Melchizedek with um, a gift. In thankfulness to God, you can find a little bit more about Melchizedek's journey, by the way, just a little brief snippet in Hebrews, in the New Testament, uh, in Hebrews chapter 7. And so Abraham gave a tithe to a priest named Melchizedek. No law. This is before the law. No hesitation and no guilt. Why? Because Abraham recognized the greatness of God in his life. It was a response out of relationship. It was a response from his own heart. It was in humility and it was in friendship for what God had done and where God had brought him through and to. And so hundreds of years before the law that was given, before the nation of Israel even existed, the tithe is timeless. It was even before the law, it was during the law, And it was also after the law. It even existed before Abraham. If you go way back to the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 4, where the story is recorded here, where it says, Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. Okay, so we have Old Testament believer and we have New Testament believer. You see, as a New Testament believer, we find in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it's that sense of gratitude versus that of an Old Testament believer, whereas out of obedience, but also to be blessed. As a New Testament believer, we find in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, one of the greatest verses in all of Scripture, it says, Paul says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, say this with me, blessed us in the heavenly realm. Say this with me, with what? With a few spiritual blessings in Christ. No, 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 no. 
With what? With every, every spiritual blessing in Christ. You see, I can't tie myself into that. I'm already in that. Very good. And it's because my heart is filled with gratitude as a New Testament believer. Not because I tithe, but because I belong to Jesus. I'm not tithing to be blessed. I'm tithing because I am grateful that I am blessed. Blessed because blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Are we following? Is this all right? Hang with me. Every spiritual blessing that the earth is the Lord's and the world and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Firstly, the tithe is timeless. Keep moving on. T-I, this is an invitation. The reason we have, I tithe, the reason we can tithe is that this is an invitation to put God in first in our finances. You know, our finances say a lot about us, don't they? You know, we have a look through our statements and things like that. It can tell you a lot in what it says about our lives. It's a big part of our lives. And I'm a disciple of Jesus and putting God first is the main thing about my life. Deuteronomy 4 puts it this way. 14 puts it this way. It says, bring this tithe to eat before the Lord your God at the place he shall choose as his sanctuary. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, and the firstborn of your flocks and herds. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. But not only do I want to put God first place in my life, I want God to have first part of my finances. Before the mortgage, or before the rent, whatever it looks like. Before the holidays, before my hobbies, before the rates, before the taxes, before the MasterCard. And those things are important, by the way. But I want God to have first part of my finances. First part of all my finances, our finances, go to God. You see, I can't say to Jesus, you can have my heart, but you can't have my PIN number. Let's talk about, let's go back a few years, just over 20 years, when Karen and I were dating. And isn't dating a fun part of relationship? I was trying to think of a, a time, and we reflected on it a little bit this morning. It was a time, I, I, we were romantic. Yeah, I remember a time, you know, we went to a, went to a movie together. It took me to Braveheart. Yeah? And for those of us who know the movie Braveheart, you're over 20 years of age now, it's not an overly romantic, well, it is, it's about... It's about one-tenth of the movie's romantic, right? The rest is a stab here, a stab there, a stab everywhere, man. It's pretty full on. But Karen and I, when we were dating back in the day, it was a great time of our lives, we had our own bank account. And uh, we soon figured out who was the saver and who was the spender. I was the saver back in the day and she was the spender. And 20 years later, it's reversed. Just being honest. <laughs> but it was when we made that total commitment to each other from that friendship to engagement to that of marriage, it was no longer two accounts. That's the way we chose to live our lives. From two accounts, it became that joint account. What hers is mine and what's mine is my own. <laughs> not at all, not at all. 
Not at all. But I heard someone say that some Christians are still dating Jesus. There's that two-account kind of thing going on. And I guess for me, speaking personally again, for me, tithing is, is a bit like moving on from that engagement into that joint account thing. It's a bit like my wedding ring. For those who have a ring on your finger, it doesn't have to be wedding. Put your, just put your hand up so I can see. Those who have rings on your fingers, just, yeah, yeah. It's a little piece of gold or silver or whatever it might be. <laughs> this wedding ring, this ring is like the 10% that I am 100% hers. This ring is a small part that says something absolutely massive. It's a gold band. I lost this ring a couple of years ago. I lost it, I think, for nearly two years. I'm not proud of it. I know some of you have done the same thing. Hands up. Thank you. I remember, yeah, I do remember Danny telling that story. I do remember Danny telling this. But I lost this for a couple of years, and thanks to one of my friends, Tony, he said, no, nah, you're good, we've got to find this. It was in the car, by the way. I was playing around with it in the car. I dropped it, and it went down through the, the hand. Oh, it's a long story. I just couldn't find it anywhere. And so Tony said, come around one day. So I went around all of five minutes. Tony went inside, and I was, I was looking under I found it. I found it. So anyway, so Tony kind of kindly gave me his time. He said, you to come around. We'll lift up everything. Anyway, well, I found it there and then. I had a good... So anyway, move on. That's another part of the story. It's a gold band. It's a ring. It's a small part that says something absolutely massive. You get the idea? Yeah? So my 10% tithe is declaring that me and my finances are 100% his. God doesn't ask us, by the way, to do things that make us miserable. He asks us to do things to... First of all, I think to protect us and to, uh, to, to, to make us generous. Every time we give, we become more like him. And so it helps us put him first. Colossians 1.17 puts it this way. Christ existed before what? All things. And in union with him, all things have their proper place. He is the what? He is the head of his body, the church. He is the source of the body's life. He is the firstborn son who was raised from, de from death in order that he alone might have the first place in all things. I tithe, first of all, because I believe that the tithe is timeless. I believe it's an invitation to put God first in our finances. And together, third one is this, together, together, we build the church with our tithe. Think about this for a moment. Together. We build the church with our tithe. Our tithe, this is where I start to get a little bit more passionate, all right? So if I get too passionate here, um, just, just calm down, Steve. Or, no, no. Um, I'm going to start to get a little passionate, all right? Because this is what I'm really passionate about. But this is where our tithe resources the church. This is how we fund and finance all the needs of our church. Tithes have established that God has this church in this city for such a time as this. This church is not government funded. 
We stand on the shoulders of men and women who have gone before us, who have tithed. Most of everything that you and I see is a blessing because of the tithe. The church, we believe, is the hope of this city. The church, we believe, is the hope of this world. I love the church. I've given my life to serve it. I know it has warts because you're in it. With me. I know it's not perfect. I know it has spots. I know it has blemishes. But this is the best it gets in this life. Look at us for a moment. Just for a moment, if I could start to get passionate. Look at us for a moment. The ups and downs that we experience, the fickleness that sits in this room, the fragility of us and our lives. Look at us for a moment on this journey to be a door of hope through Jesus Christ in this fragile and uncertain world. And with all of its problems, with all of its troubles, gee, we have some answers. We have some answers through Christ. Think about it. Let's keep going here for a moment. We marry him. We bury him. We dedicate them. We invite them. What he purchased with his blood together, we support with the tithe. Church. The church, the church together, together we support the church with our tithe. We help fund and finance. I'll start to come down. <laughs> I tithe because the tithe is timeless. It's an invitation to put God first in our finances. Together, we build the church together. Fourth, T-I-T-H, we're up to. It helps me break free from the pool of money. I don't know about you, but for me, money has this pull, doesn't it? There's nothing wrong with money. Nothing wrong at all. It's the love of it that could take us into dark ditches. But money has this pull, doesn't it? It has this, it has this tug in our lives that if we're not careful, if we're not careful, it can drag us down. And tithing, I believe, breaks that sense of, of that pull of stuff in our lives. 1 John chapter 2 puts it this way. This is from the message paraphrase. It says this, don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. This is for followers of Christ Jesus. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. You see, I believe that tithing help breaks that sense of uh, materialistic pull and it protects me, protects us from that sense of greed. And so instead of wanting to spend, 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 and want, 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 which we all feel that pull, instead of wanting to do that, we're inspired by his love and his life and his leadership to give, give, give. And many of you do that. Fifth and final reason this morning is T-I-T-H-R-A-P-T-E, that there is an eternal element in this, is there an eternal element in this? That there is something about tithing that is higher, that directs my heart towards heaven. 
And there is an eternal element. Scripture puts it this way in Colossians chapter 3, that since you became alive again, so to speak, when Christ arose from the dead, now set your sights on the rich treasures and joys of heaven. There it is. Where he sits beside God in the place of honor and power. Let, every, let heaven fill your thoughts. Let me say that again. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Maybe some of you this morning have come here and you're thinking of anything but heaven. Maybe that's a word for you this morning as I press pause on this word. And for you to keep your eyes, attention and heart fixed on heaven in this moment of desperation, in this moment of darkness, in this moment of loneliness. Because all of heaven is cheering you on and hears your heart's cry. Let the word speak to you this morning. Let heaven... Let heaven encourage you this morning. Let heaven fill your thoughts. For earth is temporary and heaven is eternal. Don't spend your time worrying about things down here. I think it says it all. So I move my heart toward heaven every time that I tithe. Matthew chapter 6 in the Gospels says this, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves, moths, rust, thieves, they break in, they steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Here's the thing, here's the thing. There is something about investing in heaven where we store up treasures in heaven. These are five reasons why I tithe. Number one, T, the tithe is timeless. It's an invitation to put God first in our finances. Together, we build the church. It helps me break free from that pool of money. And there's that eternal aspect in this. I haven't even mentioned, I have not even mentioned yet, that the main reason that motivates many of us to tithe, and this is a great reason, by the way, and it's this. It's the promise, the promise that God will bless the tithe. What I mean by that is this. You can't outgive God. I believe that this is not a formula to get rich. I absolutely believe that this is the provision. This is a provision gospel as outlined in Scripture that God wants to provide for each and every person. So why? So what? So you, we, can be a blessing to others. And God blesses giving with that right heart the same way that we try and teach our children not just to have the right actions, but to have the right attitude and I believe it comes down to the attitude of the heart. The attitude of love and obedience and worship to a God who has given us everything 100%. Let me finish off by saying this. I'll say this. Um, let me say this. A group of people I'm speaking, you can imagine me in just my position just for a moment. I'm speaking with people in this room and those who are online and those who are hearing this message, however you're hearing this message, with very little. And every cent counts. I'm also speaking to a group of people 
in this room, online, on the other end of the spectrum here, who are very rich. I'm speaking to everyone in between. Wherever you might be, maybe we have this particular question this morning as I get dripped on my head. (laughs) I have this question for us this morning. It's this. Some would say, well, this is a massive hole. This is a big hole in my income, this idea of 10% to God and his church. Can I just say this? The 20 years of our lives, for Karen and I, just speaking personally, we've dug holes. And I know we're not the only ones. Every time that we dig this hole, I cannot tell you just how many times we have watched God not just fill that hole, but there is now a mountain over that hole. And because of that mountain over that hole, we can start to dig other holes. And we get excited about those holes. And so here's this invitation, but it's not from me. I'm just the messenger this morning. And the invitation goes like this, but it's from the book in the Bible, from a a, a minor prophet with a, a, a major message in Scripture. His name was Malachi. His job on earth was to reestablish standards that had dropped south and to reestablish excellence amongst God's people. And in Malachi chapter 3, it says this. This is God. I am the Lord all-powerful. And I challenge you. He puts the challenge out. I challenge you to put me to the test. This is the first and only time God says this to his people. I challenge you to put me to the test. Bring the entire 10% into the storehouse so there will be food in my house. Then I will open the windows of heaven and flood you with what? Blessing after blessing after blessing. This is God's challenge. What is it? God's challenge is to try it or work towards it, to dig holes, to dig a hole. You see, Karen and I, we've been trying it for 20 years, and God's been proving it for 20 years. Every time I tithe, I'm making five bold declarations. I believe, firstly, that the tithe is timeless. That this is an invitation to each of us to put God first in our finances and out of a New Testament heart of gratitude to say that I'm thankful that together we will build the church. Together, together we will build the church where we say, I love my church. I support in all that it's doing and making the difference in people's hearts and lives across our city and beyond. That it helps me break free from the pull of money in my life. And there's an eternal aspect to this. And by the way, and by the way, you cannot outgive God because God promises to bless the tithe. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Let me pray. Let us pray. Let's come together. We're about to have this meal together that's been going on for 2,000 years. 2,000 years. And this is a sacred time together. We remember all of 100% is his. As he sat around the table with his disciples and looked eye to eye with them. He was looking eye to eye with you. As he saw Matthew, 
saw Judas. He saw Peter. He saw Timothy. As he saw these disciples, he was seeing you and I. Guys, I've come to give you 100%. I'm yours. I will leave, but I'm going to give somebody to you. I'm going to give you a helper. And the Holy Spirit is a helper to help us up each and every day to acknowledge the 100% that it's His. So Father, this morning we thank you that you are a generous God, that every spiritual blessing is from you and you alone. I'm thankful for such a generous church over 134 years it will be on August 9. And that we are most like you when we give. For you so loved the world, you you gave. You first gave your best. And I pray that we'd, well, you would help us embrace the adventure of that generous life and help us to dig, to dig holes and watch you pour the blessing on because that's the kind of God you are. 